Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How are we doing? How are we doing? And welcome to episode number 19 of the Banner Banter Podcast. You can find this fine podcast on Podbean, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, etc., etc. If you don't like the application that you're using right now to listen to the podcast, there are other applications to use. You can also find this podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast and on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18. How's everyone doing? Sorry, this is out a couple days later than usual. I was in Miami for my buddy Jay's bachelor party. We all survived. Well, I think we did, and that's good. But holy guacamole, let's start this off right away by congratulating Robert Williams, a.k.a. the Time Lord. He became a father for the first time last week, so congratulations to the Time Lord on having his very first child. It's a little girl, very happy for him, and the baby mama. Hope everyone's happy and healthy. But holy crap, the Boston Celtics are playing some quality basketball, aren't they? Six out of their last eight, they've won. I'm sorry, seven out of the last eight, they've won. They've won six games in a row. They're currently fifth place in the Eastern Conference, only a half game back of the Pacers and fourth. Remember a couple weeks ago, the Celtics were like the seventh seed, and we were all just like, what's going to happen? But... We were back, I think. I think. We're only two games behind the 76ers and four games behind the Raptors. Now, crazy little stat that I that I saw the other day was the Raptors started their season, I think it was like 13-1, and one, and now they're like 9-5, and five, something like that, over the last like 14 or 15 games. So th- they've lost three in a row. They're going on a West Coast road trip. They're playing the Clippers tonight. Then they have to play the Warriors. So... That could change a little bit because the Celtics' upcoming schedule, you got like the Wizards, the Hawks, the Pistons, the Suns, the Bucks, Houston's a mess, Memphis is pretty good, Charlotte's coming up too, so they can make up a lot of ground over these next couple of weeks, especially while the Raptors are on their West Coast road trip. Jimmy Butler is hurt for the 76ers, he has a little bit of a groin issue, so we'll see how the 76ers can play without Jimmy Butler on the floor, Joel Embiid complained that he doesn't like that he's like basically like the second option in plain English. So that was interesting to see. But the most important part here is the Boston Celtics offense has come back to life. Remember a few podcasts ago where I was giving you guys those statistics on like the players that were shooting like wide open jump shots. Like in 2017, you know, like Jalen Brown was making 43%. And now this season he was only making 17. But literally since the Pelicans game, not the one that they played the other night at the Garden, but the road one when they started this road trip, 124, 128, 118, 128, 133, and then on Monday night, 113 points. They're back. The offense really looks good. It looks like everyone's on the same page. Brad made some changes, not only to the starting lineup, but just some of those 
the way the offense was set up. You know, a lot of the plays that the Celtics are doing now is there there's so many different options off like a double screen where like Kyrie will be at the top of the key and you'll have like Horford and let's say Gordon Hayward there. And Kyrie will go around the screen. There's one of two options. Gordon can kick out to the corner, he can cut back door, Horford could roll to the basket or, or Horford could pop out. Or Kyrie can take it to the basket. Kyrie can take a step. Like, there's so many different options that they can do now. And it's awesome. And here's the best part. Because of that, they're getting better shots. And they're shooting closer to the basket. Because their field goal percentages are through the roof. So listen to this. So from the field, they're shooting 49, 53, 57, 53, 53 in five out of the last six games. I didn't count the really the the Pelican stats, but we you know I could pull it up real quick. And then from three point range, they're doing forty eight percent, fifty four percent, thirty eight percent, thirty four percent, fifty one percent. So it's pretty impressive what this team's doing, and we all need to realize that. So yeah, the Pelicans game, the Celtics shot forty eight percent. So literally in their last six games. 49, 53, 47, 53, 53, 49. And then three-point percentage, they only shot 30% from the field the other night against the Pelicans, so that's really nothing crazy. But just the fact that there's a 54, a 51, a 48 from three is absolutely unbelievable. So as the season has gone along, the Celtics are getting better month by month. In October, the Celtics shot 37% from the field. In November, they shot 41% from the field. And now in December, they're shooting 46.5% from the field. Isn't that crazy? Now, everyone's also taking care of the ball too. In October and November, they averaged 13 turnovers a game. December so far, only 10. And the ball movement is getting better. For example, only 23 assists per game in October. 25 assists per game in November, and now 32 assists per game in the month of December. That is crazy how much better that is. The fact that in October, they were basically 23 assists to 13 turnovers. That's a terrible turnover, assist to turnover ratio. And now it's 32 and 10. That means basically every three assists the Celtics have, one turnover pops up. That's a very good assist to turnover ratio. Absolutely. 1,000%. And in Let's just recap some of the games that the Celtics recently played, the Knicks games, the Bulls games, and the Pelicans game as well. Well, obviously, we have a lot to talk about about the Bulls game because that game was insane. Can you believe the Celtics won by 50-plus points? And then we'll also give you guys a preview of the upcoming games this week. They got the Wizards tonight, then the Hawks at the Garden on Friday, and then the Pistons in Detroit for again for another back-to-back game with the Pistons. Uh, should... Which are, which are important games because the Pistons are right behind the Celtics in the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference, and they haven't been playing very well. But the Knicks games, the games, the, I sound like the situation ending the word, a word with S every single time that I speaks. All right, so the Celtics win 128 to 100, and, you know, obviously we have to be very thankful that the Knicks didn't have Trey Burke. He was the one that tore the Celtics apart a couple weeks ago where no one was expecting it and which made the Knicks loss really really bad but the team started off unbelievable in the first quarter they had 60 they hit 63% of their shots in the first quarter zero turnovers and guess who had zero turnovers once again Marcus freaking smart i don't know what's going on with this guy but <laughs> If you knew me before I started doing this podcast, like if you don't actually like know who I am like individually and you're just a Celtics fan listening to the podcast, thank you. But 
I hated Marcus Smart. Kind of past tense. He's really starting to get on my good side. And let's just start here. So Marcus Smart, in the last six games, has only had a total of four turnovers. Now, if you take away the Pelicans game where he had three turnovers, Marcus Smart only had one turnover in five games. That, (laughs) that makes me smile in areas you don't want to know. Because that is very, very good. So I wanted to see how Marcus Smart was doing last year compared to this year in the first 25 games of the season. Obviously, the Celtics have played 26. So in the first 25 games in the 2017-2018 season, Marcus Smart had 53 turnovers. This year, first 25 games, Marcus Smart has 32 turnovers. So for those at home, that's 21 turnovers less. That is insane. And it just shows how much Marcus has changed his game around for this team. And it's made a huge difference now that he's in the starting lineup. And to be honest with you, even if he wasn't in the starting lineup, he was still getting zeros in the turnover column. Marcus Smart is not making those stupid, dumb passes anymore. Sure, did he make a couple in the Pelicans game? Yeah, but he could because he was playing with guys that really he he's not used to playing with, like Yabaselli or Robert Williams. I'm, I'm sorry, not Yabaselli, semi or Robert Williams. So that's fine. But Marcus Smart has made smart decisions. Oh, I hate that I just said that. But he has made the right decision and it has made a world of a difference this season for this team. And I think for Marcus as well. Because think about it. Marcus Smart lost his mother battling cancer. And he was so close with his mother. And her birthday was the other day. And I, th- I actually believe it was the Knicks game. And he has gone through so much. And turnovers are so mental. You know, like just playing in you know, basketball when I was younger. If you commit a turnover, you feel like a jackass. You really do. And the fact that Marcus has calmed down a little bit, because sure, Marcus has still got some fight in him and he's still feisty, but he's not like as feisty, I feel like. I feel like he's like in a good place right now, and that has helped this team unbelievably. And you also have to think about his shooting percentage too, because I do have to speak a little negatively about it, because remember how well he was shooting the ball earlier this year? It was absolutely unbelievable. I mean, he was before he started... Like, before he was put into the starting lineup, he was shooting 37% from the field from th- and 30% from three. Since he has started, he's shooting 44% from the field and 33% from three-point range. So there's, I can't even bash him negatively. I mean, like, he started the season shooting 30% from three. That sucks. And now he's up to 33%. And he, he's shooting 44% from the field. Marcus Smart. Think about the first four, five, six years he was here. You would never expect that ever. It was absolutely unbelievable. Now, as great as Marcus Smart was in the Knicks game or has been over the past four or five games, Al Horford is the reason why the Celtics won this game the other day. I mean, 19-12, four blocks. It was clearly his best game of the season. It was his max contract worth type game, you know, like why you have Al Horford on your team. And his weak side defense this year has been fantastic because let's be honest, Kyrie's not a great defender. As Kyrie, as much as Kyrie wants to say he's been working on his defense, he feels much more comfortable now that Marcus Smart is probably guarding the best guard on the team. That's great and all, but Al Horford's weak side defense, especially when Tim Hardaway Jr. in this Knicks game would beat Kyrie off the dribble, 
Al Horford did a great job coming over from the weak side and blocking shots. And not even like statistically, like sure, he only had four blocks, but even messing up Tim Hardaway's shot, putting his hands out to force turnovers or bad passes, Al Horford was awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome in this game. And most importantly, he controlled Cantor on the boards. And when I used to do predictions, and when I thought the Celtics were going to go, you know, what, 5-0 and that one week, and they didn't, you know, Cantor was one of the reasons why, you know, the Celtics didn't win that game. He got a crap load of rebounds. And Al Horford didn't play his best game, and that's fine. But this time he did. He out-rebounded Cantor, and that's all that mattered. And the other great thing we have to talk about about this Knicks game, I can't believe how positive I'm being right now. It's making me feel very uncomfortable. Don't, But don't worry, we'll get negative in a bit. Jalen Brown, he came back from his nasty fall against the Mavs a couple Saturdays ago. He came off the bench. He was ridiculously aggressive. And Gordon Hayward set him up very nicely. I think him and Gordon are getting better and better by the day playing together because at first you know we talked about there were times where Jalen just didn't pass the ball to Gordon or the other way around and Gordon set him up nicely and I mean I'm sure you guys saw the highlights on SportsCenter Jalen had this insane like across the lane throw the ball behind his head and one I don't know how he did it but it was it was a pretty cool play to see and he was just good he looked healthy he he he's saying all the right things like you know, winning's easy or giving up shots is easy when you're winning, like things along that line. And I'm just really happy that Jalen, hopefully his mindset is back to where it was the first couple of years that he was here. And it looks like it has because he performed pretty well in the Bulls game. And then also he was okay in the Pelicans game. We'll get into that in a little bit. Now, the one sucky thing about the next game was Aaron Baines. He had a... Ugh, he had a really bad ankle roll. It was not good, like, at all. But that's okay, because the team's deep enough, and it showed in the Pelicans game, which, like I said, we'll get to in a little bit. Now, even though Aaron Baines didn't play in this game, you were like, okay, yeah, Aaron Baines, he can get a couple nights off with a sprained ankle. And then all of a sudden, Al Horford came up in the injury report with a sore left knee. So you're like, okay, that's a little nervous. And then, yeah, they'll be fine. It's just the Bulls. They just fired their head coach. We'll be all gravy. Celtics come out, win 133-77. to They win by 56 points. It's the biggest win in franchise history by point margin and the biggest road win in NBA history. Are you kidding me? Like, isn't that crazy that the Celtics did that? Like, I, they won by 56 points. 56 points. That is insane. Like, the Celtics usually only win games by, like, you know, their net ratings, like, 10. So they'd have to do that, like, Five and a half times for that to happen. That is absolutely insane. And then Jalen Brown comes off the bench again. Second straight game with 20 points. He shot the ball over 50% from the field. And maybe the Celtics have actually found what, what they're looking for. Maybe the plan, the goal is Jalen, Terry, Gordon, and Tice off the bench. And then just, you know, keep a starter with him. Who, like, who would have thought that was the recipe? I mean, after that game, you're like, Pfft. Yeah, Celtics aren't going to lose ever again. Like, you have to be kidding me. That was absolutely insane. Now, as great as that was, Yabo got hurt. Yabo's ankle sprain to, compared to Aaron Baines' ankle spray, sprain, Yabo looked like he broke his ankle. Like, it was real bad. Yabaselli is going to be out for a long, long time, and hopefully Aaron Baines comes back sooner rather than later. But 
One of the other not-so-great things is Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward is four out of his last 15 ever since the Timberwolves game where he dropped 30 points. He's not getting as many looks as he did since Jalen's been back, but maybe Brad is just trying to get Jalen's confidence back because, let's be honest, Jalen saw this team win four, five games in a you know, four games in a row, five out of six games without him. So maybe Jay, maybe Brad's just trying to get Jalen's confidence up, and then once everyone's confidence is there, then next thing you know, Brad will then give more looks to Gordon Hayward. But Gordon Hayward hasn't been playing that great since he's dropped 30 points, but it's fine because the team's playing well, and I think, kind of like Jalen said earlier, stats don't matter as long as the team's winning, and winning six games in a row can, can do a lot not only for a player, but also for the team too. And the guy who started for Daniel Tice, I mean, the guy who started for Al Horford, Daniel Tice, holy crap, what a game. Daniel Tice, what a game. And because of that, let's do this. And now it is time for the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. Okay, so this week's Celtics stud and dud of the week. The stud is Daniel Tice. He comes in, starts for Al Horford and Aaron Baines, since both of them are out. He dropped 22 points, 10 boards, 5 assists, and 4 blocks. Are you kidding me? And more importantly, he also got rid of his Eminem hair color. So... Bravo to you, Daniel Tice, for getting rid of your hair color because that thing sucked. And now it's back to normal. And because of that, Daniel Tice was a plus 50. A plus 50. Now, for those of you who are just listening and know nothing about basketball because you care about me and you want this to be successful, let me explain to you what that plus 50 means. If the Bulls score zero points, but... The Celtics score four points, and Daniel Tice is on the floor. Daniel Tice is a plus four. Does that make sense? Great. So Daniel Tice was a plus 50. The Celtics won by 56. It's the fourth highest plus minus ever in the NBA since they started this stat. Are you kidding me? Like, are you freaking kidding me? Daniel Tice plus 50. So if you take Daniel Tice off the floor, the Celtics still win by six, basically. Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Crazy. Good for you, Daniel Tice. I'm pumped. And my buddy Drew Crittenden, Drew is a diehard Daniel Tice fan. So shout out to him. I know he was pumped to see that, and I was pumped too. Just so cool for him to have that. He needed that. It's a lot of confidence for him. And who knows if Bane, like at the time, you don't know when Baines or Horford's going to be back. And Daniel Tice needs some minutes. And what did I just talk about with Jalen Brown? You need someone who's going to be confident while they're on the floor. And 22, 10, 5, and 4? Do you want to know the only other two players that have done that this season? Carl Anthony Towns and some guy named Anthony Davis. Like, Daniel Tice is in the same sentence as Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Davis. Pretty cool. And the dud this week, Terry Rozier. Just because he keeps talking. Terry has played a lot better as of late. 
his last six games, he he's looking very confident. Like since the Celtics are winning, he's playing better. He's averaging over the last five or six games, he's averaging over eleven and a half points a game. Like the other night against the Pelicans, he had six assists. You know, because he started in in he started in place of Kyrie, and he looks great. But after the Bulls game, he just won't shut up. He literally said that people, all the people that were talking bad about the team when they were losing need to quiet down. He basically said all the naysayers were annoying and they need to shut up. Well, then live up to the hype that you're putting on yourself there, Terry. Like, just shut up. Stop saying stupid crap to the media. Like, oh, we're going to win rings and oh, how great am I and like all this stuff. So just shut up, Terry Rozier, and just play basketball because last year the only thing that did talk in was your barstool sports t-shirts and your game that's it so shut up shut up and just play basketball for the love of god please i beg you all right this week or should or should i say the other day the celtics played the pelicans no aaron baines no gordon hayward no al horford no kyrie irving no yershon yabaselli Baines out with an ankle. Gordon is sick. Horford left knee soreness. Kyrie banged up his shoulder a little bit in the Knicks game. All good. He's currently off the injury report, and he should be playing against the Wizards tonight. And then Yershon Yabaselli with his bad ankle sprain. Anthony Davis, obviously Western Conference team. It's the only time he's playing for the Garden. He got introduced. He got a big ovation. Clearly, some Celtics fans are trying to recruit him. Remember Gordon Hayward with Jay Crowder, and Jay Crowder wasn't very upset, or or Jay Crowder was very upset about it and stuff. But it doesn't look, didn't seem like Al Horford or Aaron Baines or Robert Williams are very upset about it, which is great because that's normal, anyways. But did Danny Ainge? not play Al, Gordon, Kyrie so that he could get like Terry and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown and some of the other guys that are rumored to be part of this Anthony Davis trade that might be happening this summer so the Pelicans can see these kids play. You got to think about it. I mean, was Kyrie that hurt? Is his shoulder Was his shoulder really that bad? Because after the Knicks game was the Bulls game and he played in that. So just think about it. Were Celtics players basically showcased by Brad and Danny on purpose to let the Pelicans know that, like, hey, we may be 16-10, and 10, we might not have had the best start to the season, but these kids can play, and you guys should trade Anthony Davis to us for these kids. I'm not saying it's out of the ordinary for this to happen, but it, I'm definitely saying there's a chance. Now, with... Three out of the five start. I'm sorry, with two out of the five starters out of the starting lineup, and probably three out of the, three out of your best five guys out of the game or not playing. Stand by your man, Marcus Morris and Jason Tatum needed to step up against the Pelicans, and oh me, oh my, did they ever! Marcus Morris dropped 31 points. Jason Tatum dropped 21 points. Jason Tatum over the last three games has been on an absolute tear shooting the ball, like. There are some times where he's doing some of the Kobe workout stuff, dribble, 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 pull up, and it it wasn't going in earlier in the year, and now and and now is, so I don't mind it. But the 
the two of them combined for 52 points. The Celtics scored 113 as a team. Those two scored 52. It was very, very important. They took control of the offense, and they let everyone else do the hard work. The Celtics got 14 offensive rebounds in this game. They had 51 rebounds total, and the Pelicans are the sixth best rebounding team in the NBA, and the Celtics out-rebounded them by 12. The gang rebounding, or the team rebounding, the group rebounding by the Celtics team was fantastic. There were times where there were three or four guys around Anthony Davis jumping, trying to get every single rebound, really making Anthony Davis work for it. Even though Anthony Davis did drop 40-plus points, they made Anthony Davis work for every single basket and made sure he worked for every single rebound possible. The defensive setup that Brad and the rest of the coaching staff set up for this was perfect, and that's why the Celtics won this game, and it was great to see. Now, the only thing that I didn't like too much about it is the ball movement that we were talking about, You know how the Celtics were averaging 32 assists in the month of December, went back down to 23 in this game. You felt like a lot of guys towards the end of the game were trying to do things for themselves, You know, maybe realizing that, hey, I actually might be getting showcased here. But overall, an unbelievable game by the Celtics, especially the Time Lord, Robert Williams. Robert Williams, a.k.a. the unibrow shaver, as my buddy Carl Curtinen likes to say, he played awesome. It was his best game, 25 minutes, 3 of 5 from the field, 11 boards, 3 blocks, and 2 of those blocks were on Anthony Davis on both sides of the floor, like on one end and the other. After the game, Anthony Davis said, I didn't realize how long he was. Like Anthony Davis was shooting fadeaways away from Robert Williams, and Robert Williams was still blocking the shot. Robert Williams needs to play more, okay? I've I've been on this bandwagon ever since he got laid. I said, give this kid a chance. He's going to make an impact on this team, and he is going to get better and better. Now, does he have happy feet? Yes. Did Anthony Davis score a majority of his points on Robert Williams? Yes, but that's just because... If you pump fake towards Robert Williams, that kid will jump to the moon. He will literally jump to the moon and back. But once he, if Horford and Baines and Marcus Morris, who seems to be his biggest supporter, Marcus Morris has talked nothing about great things about Robert Williams. I actually think that Ro- Marcus Morris has taken Robert Williams under his like wings more than anyone else. And I, I'm okay with that. Stand by your man, Marcus Morris. I'm all for it. But the Time Lord, Robert Williams, is going to be a big, important part of this basketball team later on in the year. I guarantee it. That's why I've always been Team Robert Williams. Go ahead, be late for a meeting when you're just getting out of college, just getting in the NBA draft. Sure, it was stupid. Sure, it was a mistake. He He's done everything the right way ever since, and it's really paying off for him. And I'm so, so happy for him. Now, with that being said, let's go into our Banner Banter Investigation. We now interrupt this podcast to bring you a very special Banner Banter Investigation, Celtics Unit Report. All right, this week's Banner Banter Investigation... I've been really trying hard. I mentioned it last week. I'm trying to bring all these 
fun stories about the Celtics each week and trying to bring them to back to the banner banter investigation for a former Celtics player. And this one might be my biggest stretch of a circle of life move yet. The other day, as I mentioned, Daniel Tice, he was a plus 50 against the Chicago Bulls. Since 2000, only one former player currently in the NBA has gotten a plus 52. There are currently two guys in the league that have gotten a plus 50 and plus minus, minus Daniel Tice. One of them is Jeremy Lin, and I'm having a brain fart on the other. But the person who got a plus 52 is Joe Smith in 2001. Joe Smith was drafted by the Warriors in the 1995 NBA draft. Now, Joe Smith never played for the Boston Celtics, so you're probably asking yourself, why the hell are you talking about this? Well, the other person that was also drafted by the Warriors in that same draft as Joe Smith, who had a plus 52 in a game, was Andrew DeClerc. Andrew DeClerc signed as a free agent in the 1997 summer with the Boston Celtics after playing two years with the Golden State Warriors. He played at Florida for four years, and he was actually part of Florida's first team that ever made it to the Final Four back in 1994. He only played 95 games for the Celtics. He was not very good. He played 18 minutes a game. He scored five points and averaged four rebounds per game as a 6'10", 255-pound power forward slash center. He mainly played center for the Celtics because Antoine Walker was the power forward on the teams that he was on, and Antoine wasn't really big enough to play that five spot in the NBA back then. Now Antoine Walker would be like the perfect guy to play your small type five position. Uh, and then after that, Andre Miller uh, was traded in 1999 for Vitali Patapico, who we will talk about. Or have we already done a banner banter investigation about Vitali Patapico? Hold on. Let me look at this real quick. I think we might have. Have we? No, we have not. Maybe Vitali Vitali Patapico will be my next banner banter investigation. But anyways, Andrew DeClerc, he is currently the executive pastor of High Point Church in Florida. So he played basketball for a long time. He was in the NBA for 10 years. It didn't really work, work out for him. And now he's a pastor. So that is this week's banner banter investigation on the one and only Andrew DeClerc. All right, guys, let's talk about the three games that the Celtics have in the next seven days or so. Tonight, they play the Washington Wizards. As some of some of you might know, the the basket, the hardcore basketball fans that are listening, know that the Washington Wizards, they might blow it up real soon. They've been together for a long time. Bradley Beal, who I love. John Wall, who I don't love. They've been together for a long time. Otto Porter, Scott Brooks is their coach, the former coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder when Kevin Durant, James Pardon, and Russell we- Russell Westbrook were all together, and they've they've gotten in some beef, uh, just not only against the Celtics over the last three or four years, but as a team, they are they are a crap show right now. They're currently eleven and fifteen. They're a game or two out of the eighth seed. You know they could make the playoffs. It could be a dangerous team to make the playoffs. John Wall's hurt right now. John Wall only scored two one one or two points the other day while playing the Cleveland Cavaliers. I understand that he's hurt a little bit, but I mean, two points? Actually, it might have been only one point, but that was a career low for John Wall. They're just not playing great basketball, and this is a game that, even though it's on the road, the Celtics should go in there, and Marcus Moore should outplay his twin brother, Markeith. Kyrie should outplay John Wall. Bradley Beal, let him get his. Otto Porter should 
be nothing compared to what Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, or Jalen Brown is, but Gordon Hayward will most likely not play in this game because I believe he is still sick. Al Horford might not play as well. Baines probably won't play, and Yabaselli's not playing. So it will basically be the same team that we had against the Pelicans, but Kyrie will be playing. So obviously an upgrade minus you know, having Horford or, or Hayward, but definitely an upgrade from what they had against the Pelicans the other night. Then on Friday night, they come back to the Garden. They play the Hawks Friday night. The Hawks continue to be one of the worst two or three teams in the league. Trey Young is, you know, he's doing his thing. He's not going to win Rookie of the Year. Luka Doncic is going to win Rookie of the Year. That kid is ridiculous down in, in Dallas. They've only won six games this year, the Hawks. And as you guys know, last time the Celtics played them, they won by 18 in that. They basically won that game. Then the next night went to Dallas, lost that game. So if the Celtics have, if the Celtics won that game in Dallas, the Celtics would be eight games straight with wins. But since then, it's seven out of their last eight, which is fine. So hopefully at this point, there will be eight games in a row and be eight or yeah, eight out of their last nine. So I'm all for it. And then back to back once again Saturday night against the the Detroit Pistons, and I don't understand why. There it is. Yep, that's what I needed. All right, so Saturday night, back-to-back games in Detroit. This will be the third time the Celtics are playing Detroit this year, which is just crazy. Celtics won back in late October at the Garden, and then they also won again in Detroit as well. So the Celtics have beat the Pistons twice, so that's good. The Pistons are the next spot below the Celtics in the playoff standing. So obviously a win here would be huge. Blake Griffin's been playing pretty well as of late. You know, Drummond, if, oh man, you know, thinking about it, if Horford and Baines aren't back, you're going to be expecting to have Tatum or Marcus Morris cover Blake Griffin and then Tice or Robert Williams to cover Andre Drummond. That's tough. Yeah, that, that's going to be tough. So hopefully Horford will be back, and hopefully his left knee soreness is is getting better and better. But that'd be a tough game because Drummond is no joke on the boards, and same with Blake Griffin. The rest of the team, like Ish Smith and all those guys, I'm not worried about the Pistons like at all. But there are a team that you know can give the Celtics some trouble, and, and that's okay. So yeah, uh, that is basically all that I got for you this week on this week's edition of the Banner banter podcast i know it was probably shorter than usual or shorter than the last two that i've done just because um i just got back from vacation and i'm, I'm here for you guys so i just want to make sure that i put something out obviously we got a lot of a lot of games to talk about next week and stuff so that'll be good we got celtics got three games coming up and then you know some huge games coming up against the hornets the bucks the 76ers like i mentioned earlier hashtag survive december celtics can survive September. Uh, December. This is going to be big, 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 especially with January around the corner with all those home games that they have. But thank you guys so much for listening as always. Facebook, Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast, Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18. Please tell your family, friends. I hope everyone is enjoying the holiday season. I'm not the biggest fan of it, so bah humbug. But as long as the Celtics are playing the way that they're playing, I am a happy camper. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll talk to you guys next week. And if you guys have any questions that you want me to answer, while I do the podcast or, you know, have an idea for a banner banter investigation or have an idea for maybe a new bit, by all means, please email me at 
bannerbanterpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night. Good night.